Hello, everyone. Welcome back. Um, today, I have a, a really cool um, panel of guests, actually. They are representatives from the Wood for Good organization who uh, helps to get firewood out to um, people in need this winter. Um, so I have a, a bunch of people here with me, so I'm going to have you guys all introduce yourselves now. Hi, I'm Eric Axelrod. I'm the CEO of Wood for Good. I'm Devin Axelrod. I'm one of the people who helped get it started. I'm Logan Axelrod. I'm the son and brother of Devin Axelrod. And wait, I'm the son of Eric Axelrod and the <laughs> brother of Devin Axelrod. Okay. Hi, I'm Anyanja. I'm I help for Wood for Good. Hi, I'm Leo Andrek. I've volunteered a few times for Wood for Good. All right, so why don't you guys um, tell me um, what you do, sort of how it came about, and how you go about doing it. Sure. So uh, I'll just give you a background, and then, Deb, if you want to interject. Um, so uh, we started Wood for Good in, in November of 2019. And it basically began when we had some extra firewood in the backyard. Um, uh, Sharon had indicated to me that we should give some of it away, but that's, she's my girlfriend. And I kind of resisted at first. Uh, we had about three cords of wood that we wound up giving away uh, due to advertising on the Front Porch Forum. Mm -hmm. And from that uh, resulted in one of those recipients having unprocessed wood in the yard that we they gave to us, so we wound up processing and giving that away. And from that point, uh, I guess Wood for Good was born when the kids kind of, my boys got on board with the program. Mm -hmm. Could you just um, describe what a cord of wood is? So that's a measurement of wood that, that typically is four by four by eight. And we, we think of that as like a, a large truckload of firewood. Okay. What would a, a cord of wood usually um, go for? Uh, a seasoned a cord of wood is anywhere between three fifty and four hundred dollars in Vermont. Wow, that's that's a lot more expensive than you might think. Yeah. Well, um, after you process firewood, you understand that firewood is actually cheap. Okay. <laughs> that three fifty to four hundred is actually a low price, considering how much effort goes into a cord of wood to actually take it from, especially from the forest to a processed uh, state and then deliver it to someone. Okay, so why don't you guys um, describe a little bit more about um, your day-to-day. -day. Are you guys producing all this firewood yourselves? You're also collecting from other people. So how, how is it working? Yeah, you wanna talk about that a little? So, okay, um, so, uh, in the beginning, we were actually cutting and dropping firewood on people's yards. Um, uh, we had someone who donated a whole hillside of firewood and we were, wow. um, they basically wanted some trees cleared out. And that was at the beginning of the pandemic. That was really like February, March of 2020. Um, and so we'd given away that like six or seven cords of wood or whatever. And then I wasn't doing much work. And so we had, uh, we're trying to figure out what to do with my, I was trying to figure out what to do with my time. And I was like, well, 
I have some extra time. Let's cut these trees down. And we decided to give all that wood away. That was somewhere between 10 and 15 cords of wood. Um, there's actually still some wood sitting there that we, we process but have not distributed. Um, but you know, that, that's simply because we finished it in like June or July and it really is not ready for burning until a full year later. Really? So the, the wood actually sits and dries for a year? Correct. Really? I, I, I know nothing about the production of firewood, so I'm going to ask a lot of silly questions. Um, no, that's, that's really interesting. So, um, and so do you want to talk a little bit about um, how, how you're distributing it, how you're finding people at, who, who need this wood? Um, so several different ways, like uh, Craigslist. Mm -hmm. um, uh, we've, we've received a lot of publicity on local, uh, local news, including uh, the Burlington Free Press, the hometown, uh, we're on the front cover of that. So I think almost every mailbox in Vermont got a, <laughs> it, I got an issue about this. Is where I first found, found out about you guys. Yeah. Um, it was also on all the major television stations um, in the area, or all of them. Um, and uh, so we, we have gotten a response, but interestingly, the people we tend to get are recommended to us as opposed to actually asking for help. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I think uh, people tend to be proud, um, and especially people who have taken care of themselves their whole lives uh, don't want to ask. And mm -hmm. so, you know, we brought wood to uh, one gentleman who actually was burning his own furniture uh, wow. recently. Devin and I delivered a, a load of firewood to a gentleman who had had a stroke, um, but had taken care of himself his whole life and mm -hmm. really was out of wood and was going to be cold this winter and was uh, was in tears telling us it was the best Christmas gift he ever got. Right, Dev? Yeah, that was a really good delivery. Mm -hmm. But most everybody's very uh, appreciative. Mm -hmm. Do you guys have an estimate of how much wood that you've um, you've given out to people? 35 cords. Wow. So uh, that's how much we've distributed, not how much we've processed. Okay. So you guys have more that's ready to go. 55 cords of wood okay. for next winter. So okay. that's what's sitting in our yard, mm -hmm. ready for distribution in the spring. I mean, it won't be fully seasoned in the spring, but we need to get it out of the yard so we can process the following year's wood. So, because we, we're actually out of space. Uh, Mm -hmm. cords of wood takes up a lot of space as you can imagine yeah um i wanted to talk a little bit more about a point you brought up and that the people are usually recommended to you and they don't necessarily come to you themselves um do you think that the um yep yeah, so you mentioned that a lot of the people that you're distributing the wood to um, aren't necessarily coming to you themselves, but are being recommended to you. Um, do you think there are currently like channels in place for people to get the help? Or was this just something that it's so new that people didn't know about it and now everyone kind of knows about it? And are you seeing more outreach now than you were before? or is it still kind of people being recommended to you? Still being recommended, and I'd say that we're not, um, like we do not have all that wood in our lot spoken for in the spring. Mm -hmm. Enough. Um, so 
uh, it, it, it really, um, uh, it really is going to be um, dependent on the continued word of mouth. And then I don't know, just, uh, I mean, I can't imagine having more exposure than every single newspaper <laughs> in, in Vermont. Right. So it's like, we didn't have like a flurry of phone calls that happened when that, when that, like we had like three calls. Mm-hmm. Right. So, you know, and a lot of the people that we're bringing wood to like probably don't have internet um, TV, uh, you know, mm-hmm. so they, this would be the best way to actually reach out to them and that we didn't get a large response. Mm-hmm. So the answer is, I just don't know. I think it's going to just take time that people are just going to have to hear about it from different sources. Yeah. All right. So this, uh, this question I have is, uh, is more for the kids. Um, so you guys have been featured in these newspapers and news networks. Um, you're on a podcast now, albeit a very small podcast. Um, what has it been like to be kind of, um, to get this notoriety? You know, I'm sure, you know, most of your time, you guys are just doing your normal thing. And, you know, I'm sure you're doing this to help the people that need it. But what, what's it kind of uh, been like to get all this attention? It's been pretty cool. I don't love attention as much as Logan. He loves attention. Okay. <laughs> so he's probably liked it more than me, but it's been fun to talk about what we've been doing for Love for Good throughout all these different news stations. And I do, and I also feel like it's been hard to think of original things to say at least like now, because we've talked at like, what, like 11 different places. And (laughs) we've said like everything that I could think of, but it is really fun to have like all this attention and every, like, and so many new stations that have interviewed us and that. That's uh, that's really awesome. I also um, I kind of wanted to touch on, um, you know, how this has brought you guys together as a family. You know, this is clearly a very family-oriented project. You're working very closely with your sons and your um, and your girlfriend's children. So, kind of, you know, how has this brought you guys together? Leo, you want to answer that? Yeah, sure. So, um. With Wood for Good and all the time that we've really been splitting wood together and stuff, it's really... So I find that because of all the wood processing together and times that we go and we split wood, it's really bring us closer because not only are we not... uh, Not only are we spending a lot more time together, not at home, just at the wood lot, but there's definitely a bunch of times where every weekend or so we'll just all go up and spend a good two hours there. And that really brings us and helps us bond. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, you want to add anything? No. Okay. Yeah. So I, I want to maybe ask a little bit more about kind of how this got started. So, you know, uh, how did you come to just have kind of all of this wood and come process it? You know, is this something you've been doing for a long time professionally and now have kind of evolved it into something else? Right. So I, I, uh, I burn my own firewood every year. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, a lot of people just buy firewood, you know, and so that, that actually winds up being an expense on a yearly basis. And so for years, what I've done is purchased a load of firewood, which is about $500. And for that, we get about five cords of wood. I burn about four. 
Mm -hmm. um, and then I sell one quart. I had always sold one quart out of that load. So uh, I process five quarts a year, which is a lot, you know, individually, you know, uh, obviously what we're doing now is much more significant, but point being is that I got pretty good at it. understood the process, you know, run a chainsaw for, uh, since I'm in my early twenties. So mm -hmm. knew what I was, what I've been doing with, with a chainsaw and, uh, that just translated, um, well into scaling this up and, and, um, it's really good exercise. And so, you know, during the, uh, during the beginning, in the beginning of the pandemic, uh, there was very little that you could do exercise wise, right. You know, you, we were really like locked down. So, mm -hmm. Um, uh, it was a naturally socially distant activity that I could partake in and continue to get exercise. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah. Could you just, um, maybe elaborate a little bit on how long a cord of wood takes to process? Because I just, I want to try to get across to the listeners, you know, kind of the amount of work you guys are really putting into this. So it depends upon the size of the tree that you're felling. Um, I would say an average tree in Vermont is somewhere between a half and one cord, like a, a full grown tree in Vermont, a half to one cord. A really large tree could actually have five or seven cords in it, but that would be a rare tree. That would be a tree that's maybe three feet around and a hundred feet tall, right? With very substantial branches on it, yeah. right? Um, that's not something that I would tend to fall down because you you have to to drop a tree like that. First of all, you need the, the space to make sure you're not gonna knock, break something. Mm -hmm. But secondarily, that when you have a tree with branches that big, when it falls over, if the, the side branches aren't cut off of it, it winds up sticking up in the air, you know, 30 or 40 feet high. So it actually becomes a real danger to drop. Mm -hmm. um, most of the trees in Vermont tend to be more, uh, you know, in the forest, they're newer growth trees. They're, you know, uh, trees that are maybe 60, 70, 80 years old. Um, and so they might be like uh, 12 to 18 inches around. Um, so that, that's about a quarter wood. So that, you, you know, you could drop that tree in, in five minutes and then it takes another uh, hour to two to limb that tree, which mm -hmm. means take the branches off of it. Um, and then probably an hour to, uh, maybe about three hours total to get that tree into uh, firewood blocks, mm -hmm. right? And then um, you have to load it in the truck or process it on site. Mm -hmm. um, with three people, me and the boys, we could probably do about a half to a third of a quart an hour of, of splitting. Mm -hmm. And then after that, we have to load it in the truck Mm -hmm. right unload it into wherever we're going to season it mm -hmm. right so that's another uh say 45 minutes or and then yeah. the travel time and then another half an hour to load it travel to wherever we're bringing it to mm -hmm. drop it off and then come back home and so that's all for half, about uh, a half a cord of wood that's that's for about a quart a one cord, and you're you're obviously limited in how much wood you can transport at a time. Right. So our truck can move about a cord and a half of wood mm -hmm. because I actually purchase a uh, physical, like a, a dump truck, mm -hmm. right? not like a you know 150, but it's a, a dump vehicle that's in, you know intended of moving large quantities and weight. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you guys have done how many cords again? Thirty-five. Wow. 
yeah, I mean, that's, that's amazing for really just what is, you know, just one family doing all of this work. Has there been um, people kind of reaching out to you looking to get involved in whatever way they can? Yeah, so I think like the first, I would say like 15 or 18 chords was really just us, mm -hmm. you know, and then um, after that, it became, you know, we, we have a pretty good network of volunteers. Like, for example, um, in the past month, we've had uh, we had a full tractor trailer load of firewood donated, which is what you see driving down to the paper mills. Right. It's a, like a double section. So it's a it's a a truck with wood in the front and then another section of wood in the back. You might recognize seeing those driving down the road. That was donated to the cause from a family that was actually moving. That firewood was seasoned, mm -hmm. um, but it wasn't processed. So we got that wood on a Thursday. Um, I had someone come out to the woodlot with a excavator with a thumb on it, right? So they could pick up the logs and hold it up in the air. Mm -hmm. And so that, that actually greatly decreases the processing time um, because you're able to not worry about cutting the other logs in the pile. You're able to just go through the individual pieces. So the whole load was cut up in about two hours and we had uh, four log splitters running that weekend and actually processed the entirety of the wood between Friday and Sunday afternoon. That's not including distribution, mm -hmm. but that is the wood was ready to give away. And we actually had, I think, three or four families come out to the woodlot that weekend where we were loading them with our recently donated firewood conveyor. Um, so they would they came to get the wood. Some of them came as far away as Randolph. Um, so that's like an hour and 20 minutes or something. Wow. And we loaded uh, a load of firewood on their truck mm -hmm. and they, they took it home. Wow. Uh, so one thing that I, I don't think I realized about this process is just how much A, equipment you need and B, space that you need. So I, you just mentioned that um, the that you've gotten some donations, um, but did you own most of the equipment and land needed to do this or was this stuff you had to acquire? So... The land belongs to the Davis Farm, which is uh, a, a very uh, friendly uh, couple that we know, um, and we actually met through donating firewood. Um, they actually needed some help with firewood. We brought them some wood, and we were advertising on the front porch floor that we needed a landing spot for our firewood. And at that point, I wasn't thinking that it was going to be anything like it is now. I was like, oh, we're going to do 10 quarts. We're going to do 15 quarts, maybe, mm -hmm. right? Um, and then they, uh, they kind of opened uh, the land up to us and, you know, where we have our wood right now is probably about two to three acres of open space. Wow. Um, and so I'd say at least half of it is taken up with massive piles of firewood as high as 10 feet tall. Yeah, yeah. Right? Um, and that's what the conveyor enables us to do because, you know, before the conveyor, you could throw firewood only so high because it's heavy, right? Mm -hmm. um, but with the, with this piece of machinery, we can stack piles nine and a half feet tall, right, um, all around the yard. So we can make the piles much bigger than we would be able to otherwise. Mm -hmm. um, so, so the answer to the question is, I owned a chainsaw and I have a splitter that I actually owned with a buddy of mine. 
Mm-hmm. That is that has been the main work splitter. We were donating another splitter and this conveyor. Um, and we actually have purchased a third splitter that's arriving. Um, it was actually manufactured in China, mm-hmm. um, but it's arriving on a boat. Uh, I think it just came in today and as will be in the port of Boston in the next couple of days. And this is a, a special split. It actually has a, a, a log lift. Um, so, you know, firewood, when you cut up a big round, like a piece of two and a half feet around, it weighs as much as 300 pounds. So it's not something that most people can physically uh, lift, or I mean, definitely can't physically lift, but can only roll, right? So yeah. you're able to roll this, this wood onto this lift and hydraulically it lifts it up onto the machine. And then it has a six-way wedge rather than the one-way wedge. So instead of it splitting one piece of firewood, it's splitting six pieces at a time. So the production capability will be much higher with this piece of machinery. Wow, and was uh, this, sorry, did you say that this was donated to you guys? Or so you this was, so we have a GoFundMe that, that's uh, running and this is something that you know, I was gonna get into, but we can talk about it a little more. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have a GoFundMe that's been running you know, for at least six months now. Um, and uh, it was through the donations to the GoFundMe that we purchased this, uh, th- this, this piece of machinery. It actually was manufactured for us, mm-hmm. put on a ship. So it, it, it was ordered uh, over 90 days ago. Wow. Um, do you want to disclose the cost of it just to give people an, an idea of um, the kind of, kind of um, help you guys are getting? Yeah, so landed, it was about 1700 bucks. Wow. And then I have to also travel down to Boston, stay in a hotel, um, I, I really don't want to, so I may just make it one trip, one day mm-hmm. trip, because I don't want to interact with anyone. We're not really supposed to, mm-hmm. um, you know, so I, I'm able to show up there and just hold the receipt up. So that's probably what I'm going to do is wake up really early in the morning. Um, and they, you know, they just load it with a forklift on the back of my trailer and I drive back home and I don't see anyone. Mm-hmm. But nonetheless, um, when it was ordered, it wasn't uh, locked down. We know Vermont numbers and, and were a little bit calmer in the summer, as we all know. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it, it really sounds like the um, the community has really embraced you guys and, um, you know, helped you to really grow this. So you know, I know you said, you know, this was just sort of something that you started doing with your sons and it started out as something very small and it's become something much larger. Um, where do you where do you think it's going? So it, it's definitely going to continue to grow. I mean, we have a great network of volunteers. We've had like a bunch of people reach out to us and say like, hey, we want to volunteer, but COVID. Mm-hmm. We want to help you, but COVID, right? So, um, you know, we, we need more money to really continue what we're doing. Um, uh, and, you know, even though we've gotten a lot of donations, you know, uh, as I'm learning, an old dump truck from uh, the year 2000 is very expensive to maintain. Uh, the equipment that they we're using is extremely expensive. And so, you know, just the overhead, I mean, we really have like a, a, a small size business going here in terms of the amount of equipment we have going on. So the overhead is significant. And we're also in a startup mode, right? Mm-hmm. Where we need to continue to buy fire uh, log splitters um, to really support the volunteers. Because right now, you know, our volunteers are underutilized, meaning we should have like one to two people per splitter but instead we have three to four people for splitter working like pods um and so in order we would maximize production to have more splitters on site 
especially when we have larger groups, which the post-COVID times will hopefully allow for us. Mm -hmm. So uh, people can help us uh, by going to the GoFundMe page. It's GoFundMe, uh, Wood for Good, uh, number four, Wood for Good. Um, and they can also check out our webpage, which you can follow us. And we kind of run that like a blog. Um, and that's uh, uh, Facebook, uh, Wood, the number four, good.com. Um, you can just Google that and that will come up right away. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll make sure to post all of that when I, um, when I put this up. Um, so, you know, th this sounds like a full-time job <laughs> and, you know, this is, this is a charity. Um, so, you know, how are you kind of, um, balancing your desire to, to do this and to do what's helping people with your, you know, with your need to kind of, with, to financially support yourself. I mean, this sounds like a lot of time and work. Um, and it's, it's a great cause. Um, so can you, you want to just touch a little bit on, you know, your balance outside of this? Yeah, so I, I think I've done a pretty good job of, of balancing it. The boys have been great. It's really nice to have Leo and Ivy at the Woodlot. Sharon's been at the Woodlot a bunch of times. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, you know, everybody's just contributing, right? So it, it's not only me. You know, mm -hmm. I have a couple of, you know, what I call superstar volunteers who have been out there more than 10 times. Um, and so I'm the only one running the chainsaws, but that's okay because if we get enough splitters going, I feel that we'll reach a point where I could just saw and everybody else can run the splitters. Um, and then the other thing that we're getting is people who are volunteering to actually distribute the firewood. So um, one of the big things that we need now is trucking help. Um, and that is we only serve Chittenden County, but, you know, we're in Jericho. If we have a family in Milton, obviously we want to help them. Mm -hmm. It's 20 minutes away. It, you know, I just explained that, you know, the loading time on loading time is, is a half an hour. So you talk about a trip to Milton, that's two hours. With 55 cords of wood in the yard, I don't have enough time to do that distribution. But if we could get families involved, to help us with pickup trucks. That's all we need to really take this thing to the next level. So the more, uh, we, I just wanna encourage the community who's hearing this, come help us. The best part of what we do is the actual distribution, the families receiving the wood and the thank yous that we get, and you'll get to be part of that really special piece. Mm -hmm. And can uh, people find all that volunteer information on, um, on your website that you just mentioned? They can, yep, and you know they can they can contact me, and you know, you know maybe I and even if you can't do the physical labor, maybe there's something else you can do. Um, let's talk if you want to be involved. This is a, this is a this is a cause that really needs. Uh, people can only get one or two cords of wood from the state a year. Most people burn anywhere between three and five cords of firewood, and so what that means is they either have the money to buy the wood. They have the means to process the firewood, the, to, to get the firewood, or they go cold, right? And what I found is that a lot of the people are just going cold. Mm -hmm. Do you uh, do you have an estimate on the number of people in Vermont that are just with without heat in the winter? No idea. I, I I just know I just know it's a substantial number because mm -hmm. when we like when we ran an ad in March, you know we had a few people respond. I ran a Craigslist ad. I had over 30 people respond. People from all over the state. 
you know, and it's like, can you bring me wood? And they're like in Newport. And it's like, <laughs> I, we can't bring wood to Newport. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, we don't have a vehicle that will do that A and B, you know, I just don't have that much time. It's not, a, you know, economically feasible, but, you know, there's people all over the state. And so uh, in a long-term goal, we want to develop and create pods in each county of the state that will follow the blueprint of Wood for Good in Chittenden County and implement that county by county wide in the state of Vermont. Mm-hmm. And have um, any people in politics or people with um, a lot of money looking to make some sort of a difference, has anyone approached you with um, kind of a, a plan about how to expand your reach or is um, you still, are you still kind of the brain trust here, you, you and your sons? So I'd say the answer is that's starting to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the help that we got with the firewood conveyor was significant. That was a very expensive piece of machinery. It's worth probably more than all the rest of our equipment combined. Mm-hmm. Um, well, with the exception of the truck, the truck is worth more, but um, uh, the answer is that's starting, but you know, each one of the splitters we need to buy from this point out point out is about four grand. We probably need at least three. I would say ideally we'd probably have six. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and then, and then we also need help, real help with distribution because, you know, we can process all the wood that we want, but if we don't have enough trucks that are willing to bring it around, you know, we just don't, we just don't have the time because because of what we explained. So, yeah. um, we have the conveyor, we have the wood. Now we need like a good 20 or 30 kind hearted volunteers who want to bring it around. So in the course of one weekend, we can distribute 50, 75, or hopefully next winter, 150 cords of firewood. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I wanted to, uh, to put out another question to your sons here. Um, you know, what have you guys learned in doing all of this? I mean, you know, this is, you know, like we said, it's, it's a lot of work, but it seems like it's really, really rewarding. So what, what, what have you taken away from all of this? One of the biggest things is probably that giving, you get more from giving than you do. I mean, you get more, you get more from giving than you do from receiving. And what I mean by that is how, or what the people or how everyone smile is better than anything anyone could ever get Mm. or buy for you. And I learned how, um, like, and how how people, um, how thankful people can be when they truly need it and are sincere with their need. And that's the biggest part of what I've learned. You kids want to add anything? Sure. Um, I feel like because of this, I've learned that a little action can go a very long way. And, and no matter what you do, it always counts for the, for the greater good. It must be nice to have such a, a great group of, uh, of workers in, in with you on this. Yeah. Well, so, you know, I've said this before, and I'll say it again, that if it weren't for these two boys, this wood for good would not be what it is. You know, we spent a ton of time in the beginning of COVID working re- like a ton of hours. I wasn't working. 
So we didn't have anything to do. There was no school. There's like nothing going on for a little bit. Yeah. And um, so these kids were right here, right behind me, supporting the work that we were doing. And, you know, I mean, in the beginning, there were, there were some complaints, but, you know, I think that those have really died off. And now it's really, you know, kids who understand that we're really contributing, we're really doing something great. Uh, that that is beyond what is our family and, and giving back to people in a very special way. Um, and it's nice to have uh, Ivy and Leo in the group now, and, and they they've uh, been out there volunteering with smiles on their face and no complaints. And so it, it that that's really great to see. I know it's hard work. You know, it's just the work that we're lifting up firewood. You know, each piece weighs eight pounds, ten pounds. It doesn't take long before before you're tired. Um, mm-hmm. Most people can only do it for about two hours and they're done. Wow. Uh, do you kids just want to mention how old you are so everyone knows? I'm 14. I'm 11. I'm 13. I'm 9. So, and this is, you know, it, it sounds like a lot of work for, you know, for young kids and to kind of have the, the focus to be able to see the bigger picture is, uh, is pretty remarkable. Um, I, I wanted to pose the same question to you, Eric, what have you kind of learned um, doing, being able to do this with your kids and with your, uh, with your girlfriend's kids and what have, you know, you kind of found out about them and like, how do they motivate you in this? Yeah. So, um, well, it's just really great to spend the time w- with the kids and to be able to kind of uh, know that we're part of a team that that's really making a difference here um you know it's uh i spent a a lot of my 20s and 30s hearing about the value of higher purpose about the value of giving back but i I wasn't really involved in it and um you know the biggest thing that i've learned i would have to say is that kind of what devin was alluding to but uh, maybe in a slightly different way is that you spend a lot, you can spend a lot of your time chasing material things in your life, whatever that is, whether you want to have a bigger house, you want to have a boat, you want to have whatever you want to have. But the thing that gives you the most is being part of something that's bigger than yourself. And uh, I'm not doing it for, uh, you know, for the thanks or the accolades. I'm doing it because I want to help people. And those gifts have come back to me and that's in the form of of uh calmness a sense of being part of something that that's just bigger and you know it's just nice to have these 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 guys here ivy and leo and sharon part of the group and and uh you know continuing to grow and and be able to help as many vermonters as possible Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i think and you know with the world being in such a, a difficult spot the last year, I think a lot of people are kind of realizing uh, you know, how much the things that they do for other people and how much the little things can mean so much. And I, I think it's amazing that, you know, that this project kind of came about be in response or not in response but because of the COVID-19 pandemic and you guys just had all this free time and were able to sort of reset and think about what it is you guys want to do 
with your time. All right, so uh, what's the um, the status right now? So it's, I know it's it's winter up here in Vermont, there's snow on the ground. So, you know, what, 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 can, what are you guys doing right now? And then what's the work kind of like seasonally? So we're still processing firewood. We're getting to the point where if it doesn't get processed in the next month or two, it's no good for next winter. So we're actually going into the winter of 2022. Mm -hmm. um, because it really needs to sit for one full year from the time that it's split for it to be of value to burn. Mm -hmm. um, right, can you just, uh, I just want to back up for a second. So you said if it doesn't get processed in the next month or two, it's going to be no good. So no good for this upcoming winter. Not, not okay winter right winter. now, but we're talking about now the winter of 2122. The oh. wood in the yard right now is for 2122. Okay. If we don't get it done in the next month or two, we're then talking about the winter of 2223. Okay. All right. So it has to be one, it has to sit for one full year before it's actually put into a stove. Okay. So once that, you know, normally we should have a bunch of snow on the ground and, and processing should be over. There's six inches of snow on the ground in Vermont, so we can still work. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, we'll see how long that goes on for. You know, when there's two feet of snow in this wood lot, it's over. That's it for the winter. Mm -hmm. um, we can still accumulate snow out there, but we won't be able to um, uh, process it. One, for safety, and two, it's just a little too cold. Mm -hmm. But in the spring, what needs to happen is that the wood needs to get out of the lot. Um, because if it's not, you know, in the middle of the summer, you don't want to be working with firewood. It's just too darn hot. Um, most of the people have their wood burned by, you know, the end of March, beginning of April. Maybe they're burning a little bit more just to, you know, heading into the spring. But they'll have their wood sheds empty and therefore be able to receive wood for the following winter. Mm -hmm. Our goal is to give one cord away per family. Mm -hmm. uh, in terms of uh, in terms of our distribution so we need more like I said before more truckers to get the wood out between really the end of April because the wood lot needs to dry out because it's going to be a mud pit in the mm -hmm. spring right and then so between the end of April and say the the middle to end of May and then it's time to have fun for a few months and then reset in September October when it starts to cool down again, where we could process again. Okay. Um, yeah, I didn't, yeah, I, I don't think I realized how weather dependent this whole process is. You know, how do you guys imagine it's very important to protect the wood from snow and rain? So how do you, how do you guys go about doing that? Actually, it's better for it to be out in the rain. Really? So it okay. opens up the pores of the wood for it to be wet. Um, so once wood is ready to be burned, then it needs to be dry. Okay. But when wood is seasoning, which is that year between the time it's split and the time it's burned, uh, the process of it actually being out in the elements, the sun, the rain, the wind, helps to open the pores and actually dry the wood out. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Um, well, I've, I've already learned so much about, um, about firewood. Um, I... Also, kind of wanted to ask. So, I know you guys have received a lot of wood donations, um, but you're also kind of you're going out and you're collecting your own wood as well. What are the regulations around 
wood collection in Vermont? And are, are there certain species that you're not supposed to touch? Uh, is there a limit to how much wood you're allowed to bring in? You know, obviously we want to balance people's need for firewood with protecting our environment. So I, just, I want, was curious about what, um, what's in place there. So you can't move wood more than 50 miles. That was a few questions. Um, <laughs> most of the wood at this point is being brought to the lot. There's a, it's a ton more time to bring the wood to the lot rather than have a firewood truck with a boom arm drop it off, right? Mm -hmm. um, so the goal is for that to be 100% of what we're doing, that we're not gathering any more wood because that just, you know, it will take me uh, four or five hours to, to do uh, three cords of wood versus I could have five or six cords cut in that time and sitting in the lot ready to be split. Mm -hmm. um, so the answer is uh, with regards to the wood that we're felling is either trees that people don't want or trees that are dying. Okay. All right, so we're not, uh, you know, the biggest project I had was that, 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 that work we did in Huntington, but most of what I'm doing is like, Last week, we, were, we had a friend in Underhill who we dropped a pretty massive ash tree that was, you know, three quarters dead. Mm -hmm. um, that ash tree was about two and a half or at least two feet around at, at its base. Um, had a nice place, nice open area to fall down. I dropped it. We limbed it, cut mm -hmm. it up and loaded it in the truck and drove it back to the woodlot. Sharon, me and, and another uh, volunteer. Mm -hmm. Okay, so yeah, that, that's really interesting. Um, so I, I, I wanted to maybe uh, find out a little bit more about um, about your volunteers, you know, where they're kind of coming from, what it is they're doing, and uh, what it is that you hope for them to be doing in the future. And you, you talked about this a bit earlier. I just wanted to make sure that we really gave enough time to, uh, for the volunteers here. Yeah, so... We've had volunteers come from a bunch of different places. So North Star Leasing um, was the company that gave us uh, the firewood conveyor. Um, so they were actually intending on coming out. Um, and this is right when the COVID numbers exploded. Mm -hmm. And so they decided that it wasn't a good move uh, wisely for, for them to come out as a company. Mm -hmm. So uh, at, at the same time, we had, um, or the week or two before that, we had uh, uh, the Rotary Club came out, um, which is actually one of the largest givers uh, to nonprofits in the state. Um, a lot of people don't know that, but they, they do a lot in terms of community development and helping uh, nonprofits. Um, so they came out and actually volunteered. We had about 10 people out for that. Um, we also had uh, a men's group that I'm in. Um, we had about uh, 15 or 17 volunteers that day. And they all, everybody worked for about four or five hours. We probably split over 10 cords of wood that day. Um, and then several different community, uh, you know, I call it town split days, mm -hmm. where I, I, you know, I have this network of volunteers. I run an ad on the front porch forum. I usually get one or two new volunteers. Um, and you know we have a decent following on on Facebook, so we run we run on Facebook as well. Um, and you know the the hardest thing for me to gauge is how many volunteers are going to come to make sure that I have enough splitters and therefore enough work for the people to do. Because the worst thing would be you know 
we've had a couple of people who came out actually that we had to send home because it's like we you know we have more we can't have any more volunteers we can't safely socially distance yeah. distance ourselves mm -hmm. oh and that's uh that's really interesting so you know hope hopefully we'll be able to get more volunteers out there soon we'll have work for all of them um what would you say to someone who's thinking about doing something like this but is kind of on the fence about all the hours and all the energy put into it and kind of the idea of putting themselves out there you know were there what, what were the initial obstacles that you kind of faced and what would you tell to someone else who's looking to to do something similar to you well first of all you gotta make sure it's something you're passionate about right whether it's if it's donating firewood great but you have to you know feel good about whatever that cause is and i think this is what your question is mike mm -hmm. um because it does require you know not only a strong will of your heart to make it happen there's just a lot of obstacles and when you put yourself out there um there's problems that go along with it right it certainly has not been a totally smooth and easy path um you know, my, my truck has been in the shop four times in the last 30 days. <laughs> um, and this truck is, you know, 100% the wood for good truck. This is not my personal vehicle. This is a vehicle that I purchased and bought for the project. You know, and it just hasn't been running that well, right? So, I mean, that, but that, that's just a monetary thing. So, you know, we definitely had to put a good amount of our own money into the project. Hopefully, well, as we become a, uh, a actual 501c3, that we'll have uh, you know, some larger volunteers and I won't be funding this out of pocket anymore, but more, um, you know, it's just the willingness to you know, push through the obstacles. Like with anything in life, it, it, it's hard, um, there's challenges, but it's also incredibly rewarding. Um, and so I just wanna say that, uh, you know, certainly I've gotten a lot more back from this than I put into it. Mm -hmm. But like I, like I said in the very beginning, your heart has to be there because if it's not, you're not gonna you're not gonna last in, in, in starting something like this. Mm -hmm. I want to uh, pose the same question uh, to the kids. You know, what what would you say to someone who's looking to start something like this, and what what, what do you think they should know? That you have to be very like committed to the cause that you're doing that you're that you're like helping um, do, and that you have to. And you have to try to get network kind of early. I'm get, at least we didn't do that, but I feel like that would have been a good move to try to get a network of volunteers earlier. So be, so we didn't have to do, at least with something that has as much labor as moving wood. So you wouldn't have to do as many like hours as we did. Like we did like how many hours a week? Like. A lot. Like, a lot. And you definitely have to make sure that you don't go over your head. <laughs> or else you bite off too much. You might bite off more than you can chew. Yes. Although, those things that could discourage someone, but giving away the wood is going to make it up. You are going to feel such a sense of joy and pride when you give it away. Mm-hmm. And if someone wants to help our cause beyond volunteers, I, I could really use another foreman at my at the yard, somebody who could stand by me, who understands how to run a chainsaw, 
who can help me lead split weekends because I just can't do it all myself. Mm -hmm. And so somebody who has been around firewood splitting and, and understands the process, uh, we could really use the help and uh, would be grateful to have any, any help that you can provide, whether it's that or something else. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah, as, um, I wanted to maybe know a little bit more. You mentioned um, trying to get this registered as a, a 501c3, I believe you said. Uh, do you want to just talk a little bit about what that means and then if you get that accomplished, what it would mean for um, Wood for Good? So it's actually, uh, we had a local uh, Langrock, uh, Sperry, and uh, local um, law firm in, in Burlington has volunteered their hours to get us registered. Wow. Um, so they've already submitted the application. We are an official Vermont nonprofit. Mm -hmm. um, but that doesn't mean that we have the tax-exempt status. What tax-exempt status means is that not only do we not pay taxes on the money that we're donated, but also that the, the uh, donations that we receive are a tax deduction uh, for the uh, for the people who are doing the giving. Mm -hmm. That was actually supposed to, we were supposed to get that in this month, but it has yet to happen. Uh, the government's backloaded. Mm -hmm. So that would, that would be a, a very significant financial help for you guys? I would assume so. Yeah. <laughs> we don't really know, but we assume mm -hmm. so. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, yeah. Do you guys have any other um, messages that you wanted to get out there about your cause, about uh, anything else you have going on, anything on the horizon for Wood for Good? Anyone want to say anything else? No. Yeah, just... Uh, oh, um, maybe um, stick with what you believe in and... Don't give up even if times get hard. Yeah. That's a good one. Um, and, and yeah, you know, for me, it's just, uh, you know, just we're going to keep at it. And, uh, you know, we're, we, we've been really grateful for the help that uh, the community has given us. Um, but, you know, like I indicated, it, it, it's, it's a very expensive venture to start up. So, um, you know, I, I always have to kind of press this and I hate this part of it, but we need financial help and we do. You know, we've been really grateful for the help we've received from the state, uh, you know, from the community. We've gotten a lot of donations and, you know, just want to say thank you to everyone who has helped our cause. But uh, as, as we've learned, it's just extremely expensive to start uh, a, a firewood business, which is essentially what we're starting. Um, and we really could use the help now. Um, so if anyone can afford to give, we would be very grateful to whatever help they can provide because we, uh, we really need it. Um, and it will really help us to continue what we're doing and to expand to uh, you know our eventual goal next year, which is a minimum of 125 cords. To be mm -hmm. able to distribute it in the to be distributed in the winter of 2022-2023. Yeah, that and that all sounds amazing. Um, I think what you guys are doing is awesome. I'd, I I want to thank you so much for doing it and for um, giving your time and coming and talking to me. And um, you know, I definitely would like to get involved. So I'll talk to you later about that. Um, if you're listening, please consider making uh, some sort of a donation to the cause. Um, and again, just th thank you guys for everything you're doing.
Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Thanks for listening, everyone.